0: You are now listening to Home Care On Air, brought to you by Care Academy. Strap in as we dive headfirst into the future of home care and the issues, challenges, and opportunities facing home care operators in a post-pandemic world. Welcome to Care Academy's first episode of Home Care On Air. Join us on this podcast journey as we help accelerate home care towards the future. My name is Aaron Dunn, Senior Vice President of Marketing for Care Academy, the industry's leading provider of workforce management solutions designed to manage your training and compliance requirements. I'll be your host and MC as we take a deep look at how care and care in the home will transform in a post-pandemic, quote, new normal. We will feature guests and industry experts who will explore topics, including the digitalization of home care, the home care data desert, agency growth tips, how to retain caregivers, and so much more. As home care agency operators, the future of home care is in your hands. Let us help you pave the way. Let's get into the discussion. Today, we're going to focus on what's next for care after the pandemic. As we know, the pandemic upended everything we thought we knew across our entire existence, and how healthcare is delivered is no exception. As a result, CARE is moving to the home, full stop. This is the kind of zero to one shift that happens when a major transformation occurs. You don't always see it in the moment, but looking back, you can see a change that upended the status quo. One where we never again return to the old ways of doing things. Here today to talk about this shift and the implications for the home care industry is CARE Academy founder and CEO, Helen Adiosum. Helen, welcome to the podcast.
1: Thank you so much, Erin. I'm happy to be here. This is going to be really exciting, lots of fun.
0: Yeah, I'm excited too. So, you know, this is our first episode, Helen. So, I think it's really appropriate to start with just a little bit of background. So, introduce Care Academy for our listeners.
1: Yes. So, so we are Care Academy. Uh, We are the leading platform that is educating and upskilling the talented direct care workforce and doing that for thousands of home care agencies in the US and Canada. And we believe we are building essentially what is the future of healthcare.
0: Very exciting times indeed, I know. Um, So that's a great overview. Uh, So as I kicked off, and I know Helen, you and I have spent a lot of time together over the last number of months, and I know that you are a big believer in in leveraging models for innovation and really have a knack uh, for seeing some transformational shifts even before they are real. As we know, Andy Raskin, the founder of Strategic Narrative and former executive at Skype and Mashery talks about the naming, the specific discrete change that is happening in your market and then aligning your business to support that shift. So I leave it to you to make the case for care is moving to the home being one of these zero to one shifts.
1: Absolutely. Um, and I'm a huge believer in all of the signals and we're all seeing them at the same time right now. So care is moving to the home full stop and here are the signals that we're seeing. Every single hospital system upon the pandemic became solely focused on COVID. Uh, and we knew that pre-pandemic, care was already shifting into the home. We know it is the place of preference for health care for most older adults. The ARP and a number of other organizations have really proven that out. Pre-pandemic, post-pandemic, uh, or, or in the middle of pandemic, I should say we knew that long-term care facilities were really struggling with COVID happening in their doors and in their midst. And and so much of the focus became, for a lot of our customers at Care Academy and for the folks who do home care, about the demand for having healthcare happen in the home facilities. We saw also the rise of telemedicine in this time period. Um, You had the Livongos, the TeleDocs. Uh, the Amwells of the world really rising and picking up on this need to provide and have care delivery happen in the home. Um, One of the things that I think is a huge opportunity and where we see a point of leverage at Care Academy is, we talk about the technology that will facilitate the future of healthcare. How do we get people to do that accordingly, right? Um, As we shift into these community-based healthcare models, as we shift into not just older adults, but all Americans realizing their healthcare future in the four walls of their own home. As we see Amazon, I think we're gonna talk about a little later, who's also entered the space more recently, how do we prepare people and enable people to do the work of healthcare in the home? So that's what I'm really excited about.
0: Yeah, it's a pretty profound statement, right? Certainly post-acute care has, you know, there's been Uh, over the years, people can have care happen in the home. Certainly, we've heard the trend of older adults preferring to stay and age in the home uh, has been a thing for a little while now, but clearly that's accelerating. Um, um, But are we talking about all care? You know, are we talking about, um, um, or are we just talking about, um, you know, sort of basic home care um, or post-acute care? Are we talking about all care?
1: Full stop, all care. When we think about care delivery, again, pre-pandemic, and there's a really interesting pilot development here in our backyard here in Boston. Um, MGH pre-pandemic was already piloting some of the first hospital and home models. That's taken off, as we can imagine, since the pandemic. So whether you're looking at you know uh, acute or post-acute, there will be some sort of interfacing with the home in that care delivery model. That's what we're seeing an increase of and not spending time in the ER. I most recently had an ER visit that took six hours, right? And so, you know, getting an answer and being oriented around this new model will mean that both acute as well as post-acute will change for the better and will be much more customer service oriented, right? It is, I want healthcare to be done well in my community, well in my home, for a lot of Americans, they have no choice. If we look at you know, what uh, this pandemic has done to rural healthcare infrastructure, it may be miles for those Americans to be able to access healthcare. And so um, they have no choice other than having that possibly happen in communities with certain um, types of healthcare uh, and having that happen in home. I think the thing that we're batting around right now as things are shifting is, what are those products that will enable that what, it, what are the reimbursements and the, 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 the model? Or will the models change fast enough to help us realize that and stay changed post pandemic? Because we, we saw a lot of change coming down from CMS um, in terms of that new sort of consumerization of healthcare. And then the other thing that I really want to underscore, Erin, um, is that if we're going to transform and move healthcare into the home, and we talk about the consumerization of healthcare. One of the foremost calls that I was getting, actually in the midst of uh, the pandemic, were you know stakeholders would call and say, "I want to have healthcare delivery in the home. Who's best to do that?" Right, and that question belies quality. And as we're talking about the consumerization and access and opportunity within the home, I think the next question and the thing that we'll have to confront as a healthcare system is quality and quality delivery and transparency about that quality as well so just want to even highlight that for our conversation
0: that's a great point the dynamics change everything and uh as as you're as you're talking about that and you mentioned it briefly a second ago um amazon making a number of strides in this area so is it just going to be amazon are they you know they're delivering everything else are they going to deliver your healthcare too
1: Absolutely. It's the final frontier. Um, There are a number of folks, you know, when we think about these massive companies and organizations, um, healthcare is in a lot of ways the place where we're spending, you know, trillions of dollars, right? Um, And so you are going to see the Amazons, the Microsoft, everyone was already thinking about healthcare post pandemic. And now that we're talking about more technology facilitation, um, it is definitely going to be. Uh, you know, it, not only the Amazons of the world, but uh, but a, a number of different actors that you would have never thought of, um, because there is so much need in the home. When you, for instance, when you talk about the need in the home, um, and when we talk about you know the discrepancies in terms of healthcare servicing, we talk about also you know the the, the conditions of care and making sure folks are getting meals and service into their homes. Right, um, that became a challenge during the pandemic, and so. Uh, You'd see a more B2C-oriented company like an Instacart or an Uber Eats become actually part of facilitating um, healthcare in the home. So there's a world of opportunity, and with that world of opportunity are going to be a number of different entrants. Um, So I I, I actually think you're you're calling out something really interesting there.
0: So that'll be interesting. Uh, Does that mean I'm not going to have to go to the doctor's office anymore? Because I'll be honest, it is not my most favorite thing to do.
1: I, I, and I wanna be very explicit too, there will be a place for clinicians. I, I, I come from a family of clinicians, right? And so I can already imagine folks hearing this and being like, what are you absolutely talking about? What we're talking about in terms of this usage of and, and modality of healthcare in the home is leveraging healthcare at the right places in the right time, right? It's efficiency of healthcare. That's what belies these conversations that I, we've batted it around and now it matters more than ever value-based healthcare. Means that you should be able to get based on taking care of you as a whole person, you are getting care end to end when you need it in the hospital and you know consistently in your home, right? And so, how do we enable the healthcare system and healthcare to broaden its aperture? Um, doctors and clinicians are certainly a part of that, but we think that there are aspects of things that folks are getting in the hospital that may be better leveraged in the home, so it's just making sure that. Everyone is focusing and paying attention where and when they need to, but really opening up the aperture of healthcare so that home health aids, what we call the circle of care at Care Academy, uh, family caregivers, everyone is enabled to really wrap their arms around the whole individual and, and take care of their needs.
0: Yeah, you're really talking about more than just telehealth. I mean, certainly telehealth is on everybody's mind because we all went home suddenly overnight. Um and certainly some of us have, have, have it experienced you know, with telehealth care models more recently. Uh, but this is more. This is bigger than just the continuation of the telehealth trend.
1: Absolutely correct. So in a recent USA Today article, uh, Blue Cross Blue Shield of Massachusetts stated that before the pandemic, you know, they covered so many telehealth claims and since then have you know exploded in terms of you know the growth of, of this model. But I, I want us to open up and, and think more broadly about. Um, just telehealth. Um, it is so much more than just the tools of care delivery, but also the people that facilitate uh, care delivery. Um, and so it, it, it's much more than, than, than just telehealth. Telehealth is a part of that. But I also think that with that tool of telehealth, And being able to access and set your doctor's appointments on your phone, being able to access, you know, I um, recently used a a platform that I've been using pre-pandemic called ZocDoc. ZocDoc refaced its whole platform so that folks could do telehealth consults and visits directly from the app. Um, It is also opening up, you know, I, and I was wondering, as I was doing my telehealth consult, my clinician for the first time, I was realizing I was like, I've been you know, seeing this doctor for a couple of years. They can see my living environment, right? They can see all of those, uh, all of the things that make me up as a patient. It's a, a level of intimacy and, and, and having that kind of information, how do we understand the whole needs of the patient and the client? And I think that as we focus and we think about the home um, and are and now telehealth facilitating this entryway into the home. There's so much opportunity that's born out of having this whole full picture of the patient. So I think that's really exciting. I think telehealth is a tool that facilitates us thinking bigger and more broadly about how we facilitate healthcare.
0: Yeah, I think the the numbers we were looking at from Blue Cross Blue Shield were about two hundred telehealth claims a day before the pandemic, and that number is up to thirty thousand.
1: That's right. That's right. Yeah, it's it, which is in, that's unimaginable. Like it's 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 insane. But it also means I think coming out of that that we really can't go back. Right. I, I um absolutely.
0: So. Is this an evolution or is it a revolution? Are we going to just slowly make incremental improvements and changes and, OK, a new paradigm has been the window has been opened to a new paradigm and we'll sort of make tweaks, tweaks at the edges? Or do you think this is more, hey, we have we have gone into a, into a new modality uh, and, and and we're never going back and the change is going to happen a lot faster than sort of an incremental evolution?
1: The answer to that is actually, it's really nuanced. And I've been sitting in a lot of you know conversations and uh, you know we have a number of clinicians and, and folks that we're in contact with the care academy. And I really hope, um, I'm just gonna say my hopes first <laughs> um, that we're coming out of this period where folks have had a taste of what it means to go fast, right? We developed a vaccine, the fastest that we ever have in all of human history. We refaced healthcare so that people could have ready access to their clinicians, you know, than waiting for hours in a a waiting room, right, and having, you know, that just sort of on demand access to, uh, you know, different modalities of healthcare. And so we're seeing a really massive shift in terms of how consumers understand healthcare. We've entered this new normal, as people have kept saying during the pandemic. Now, what needs to shift and change accordingly? We know technology can shift and change. We know people's behavior can shift and change. What we're hoping for is out of that that CMS, that insurance, that all of the the, the parts that make up infrastructure of healthcare readily change to meet new normal right on that front erin i'm really hopeful i think that so the way of the consumer goes the rest of the system i think we've all seen that we can move fast if we really have to and so I'm, i'm hoping that coming out of this we just we stay in this moment and and make this the new normal as opposed to sort of pulling back but there's a lot of work to be done I think in realizing this is the new normal.
0: Yeah, I think that, and we're seeing this across a number of different industries and a number of different uh, a number of different opportunities. And I think that's uh, you know that's really exciting. It's a little nerve wracking, I'm sure. Uh, but there's definitely uh, you know with this uh, suddenness of the change, you know, we've definitely everybody went started working from home almost instantly. S- schools and 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 kids uh, were forced home, which creates some other issues. We'll talk about in a moment. But so you know, let's. If you're right and care is going to be moving to the home at this kind of scale, what are some of the issues that are going to come up? Do you think that we're going to have to address uh, either you know as an industry or as a society even?
1: Yeah, I think as an industry and a society, I think there are a couple uh, things that we'll have to address. For one, um, you know, I, I've, I've uh, been listening to a lot of folks talk about sort of you know tech, and we've often talked about technology as a means to access, but. Very often it is not, we're projecting our biases, we're projecting prejudices, we're projecting um, the limiters of access directly into technology. It's not, technology is unlocked access. Um, and so I want to imagine that as we're building, and I think this is actually the thing that, that, that we have to hold in mind that in order to make sure that we're not leveraging our existing biases into have making sure that anyone can access the technologies, the processes that we're creating. We have to make sure we have different stakeholders at the table, right? It is about making sure that we have representation from the communities that we service. I think a really wonderful example of this sort of equity and inclusion and access model and making sure stakeholders at the table is a company called City Block Health in New York that serves the Medicaid population, right? Technology, has to follow people. And that is something that I think we're really keen about at Care Academy. You know, Our whole model is that care is going to be done by everyone, especially when you're talking about a whole model. So how do you enable humans to do that work? Um, we think about access in terms of our own technology. The fact that we have you know, a, a mobile platform that is really enabled by web access, right? And so anyone can access the education And it's several minutes at a time. And the way that we think about presenting that education so that direct care workers are enabled and empowered with the education to be able to serve the need of anyone, right? And so I I wanna make sure that as we're thinking about the sort of bold new future and this way forward, that we also take a step back to say, as we build this bigger, brighter, better future of healthcare in the home, do we have patients, different types of patients, and, and different considerations at the table, whether we're talking about race, gender, age, as sort of conditions in, in terms of how we posit healthcare, um, and making sure those those creators, as well as those users are at the table for creating that healthcare future.
0: Yeah, I think that's so important. We don't want to live in a, wind up in a world where as a result of access, we go backwards in terms of equity and that we have a real tipping point moment here to make sure that we don't um, you know, wind up creating challenges down the road. So let's pivot to the senior care and, and, and caring for our older adults who are increasingly, uh, and this trend was, has been going on for years, but it's only been accelerated uh, for, for elders who wanna stay in their homes as long as possible and potentially forever. What do you think the role of the home care agency is in solving some of these uh, these you know these equity and access issues that we talked about, and also being a partner now and part of the whole healthcare uh, continuum?
1: Yeah, you know, and I I stress, if anything, you know that home care is a part of healthcare, right? That's the other full stop that I'll bring to that. I know I'm talking a lot of full stops, but I think it's that's you know it's it's. Uh, this is a really great platform to be able to say directly to people, like, let's imagine that, let's let's posit that and let's sit in that, that healthcare and home care are one and the same, given the world that we now live in, right, full stop. And I think, you know, in, in terms of home care providers imagining themselves as part of this healthcare landscape and healthcare doing the same in terms of pulling in home care, I think that, we have a really amazing opportunity within home care to really lead from the front and really an obligation some of the things i mentioned at the very top of our conversation today in terms of access in terms of quality those are the, the standard bearers that we need to call out we need to call out what does it mean to provide quality health care in the home i think that i see signs of the things that we're talking about within care academy with our customers and uh, our, our, our home care agencies and things that folks are already calling out, right? Home Care Association of America and a number of different folks are calling out that, you know, we can enable data and information gathering to really point out what quality means and enabling that data to come out to really show, you know, that we are making a difference in terms of healthcare care and quality outcomes for patients and, and uh, across the healthcare care continuum. The other thing that I wanna call out too, and I think this is in light of the really amazing and recent announcement, and I do underscore it as an infrastructure opportunity because this is a this is a, a wholly systemic issue and healthcare delivery specifically for older adults and folks who are the most vulnerable is an infrastructure opportunity, um, but really addressing home care as a profession, right? There's a a set of quality standards that we can develop as an industry to really lead from the front. And also accordingly set it as a profession that is able to provide for the needs of those who are doing that profession. How do we really figure out and and make sure that the the healthcare ecosystem acknowledges the profession of being a home health aide, of working in the home and what that means for healthcare delivery in the home and making sure that accordingly, care workers have the opportunity to leverage their talent to be able to be paid more and move the, and we can move the needle really in terms of uh, wage growth. In an industry that is absolutely, you know, the future of where healthcare lies, we can do so much more for those who are doing that job of healthcare delivery in the home have been doing it pre-pandemic, had to really rise to the occasion during the pandemic and will be called upon even more and really expand the universe of um, direct care workers who are doing the work in the home and in community uh, in terms of healthcare provision. How do we make this an attractive profession and enable those to do much more because we will need so much more to be done specifically within in the home as well.
0: Well, as we start to wrap up here, you highlight something that I know is really near and dear, and really important for part of your personal mission and also for Care Academy is the is how the home care professionals stepped up over the last year. Maybe to share some of your thoughts on on, on the, the the amazing work uh, that people were doing in the home in the midst of just an unbelievable crisis starting in March of last year.
1: Yeah, it's it's been incredible, and I have held. Uh, And we share it at Care Academy. So many stories that we hear of from folks who are specifically part of our student population within our platform. Um, The work that they're doing, in spite of the fact that, you know, when we're talking about a year ago, people just didn't know, right? The people that we entrusted as experts didn't know what this virus was, how to stop it, what to do about it, and direct care workers persisted. You know, I, We've highlighted a couple folks uh, and, and uh, some of the direct care workers that come to mind are the folks who were, um, uh, we, we, we talked about a, a direct care worker, Florence Ajayi, at the height of the pandemic. And this beautiful picture, the New York Times, you know, Florence is a home health aide you know, in Brooklyn. This was probably around March or April where, you know, she's made her own PPE in order to enter the home of a client, right? And... That's where we were. And I, I don't ever want us to forget that. We were at a point where folks were making, doctors, clinicians, nurses were reusing PPE. Uh, we're still actually, by the way, in 2021 at a shortage of PPE, and that's worth highlighting. Uh, and people were still doing the work of caring in the home. That's the talent that we're working with in this industry. And I think if we're gonna realize this, you know, I spoke earlier about this telehealth and all these wonderful opportunities that we have in care delivery in the home is making sure that we also have a provision of caring for those who are doing the caring right and that is enablement with what we do in terms of education but whether it's from policy whether it's the ways that we construct the technology making sure that the Florence ages of the world you know leaving this pandemic we we have a sense of how do we wrap our arms around her so she can do that care delivery that we're depending on in the home.
0: Yeah, it is such a great picture. Um, really just captures the moment and even here we are you know 14 months later it's still very much feels like it was just yesterday but light at the end of the tunnel soon enough. So I think Let's that we hope. have really <laughs> there is hope that is true, that is true. There's a lot of things that I think we can uh, we can carry on. Helen, you and I were laughing earlier, we could talk for days. But I think you know <laughs> as we look ahead uh, to topics like uh, the, the recently announced infrastructure bill, it feels like that's a whole podcast in and of itself. Um, but maybe one sentence to close out today, You know, r- what was your reaction when you saw uh, the, the you know, first, the announcement back when it was then candidate Biden, but then again, and the actual formal announcement just the other week?
1: Wow, right? Like, you know, I, I, um, I believe that with anything, you, you, you gotta put dollars to where you, what you really care about. And that to me was both a sign of hope and then, you know, a, a, a real step forward in being able to transform and really, you know, both not only talk the talk, but really walk the walk of what needs to happen over the next decade, to transform healthcare and really imagine and reimagine healthcare delivering in the home. So for me, it's a point of hope. It's a point of a real commitment by a U.S. president, which hasn't happened in generations, towards making sure that we have real healthcare accessibility for people and real consideration behind the people who are enabling that healthcare to happen in the home.
0: Helen, I think that's a great place to end this podcast today. Uh, What a powerful message. And I think this has been a really great discussion. I want to thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us today. Uh, I believe our listeners got a lot of great takeaways out of today's session. So Helen, thank you very much.
1: Thank you so much. Thank you.
0: And that closes today's podcast. Thank you to our guests and thank you to our listeners. Please visit www.careacademy.com to learn more.